The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wasadar, and welcome to Day 8 of our North American LCS Team-by-Team Preview Series. We have done seven episodes already, breaking down uh, some North American powers, some teams that we're a little bit more confused about, and we have gotten to this day, a day where we're going to break down a team name that uh, must have been filtered through Way too many marketing teams. I, I don't know how we got here. Not None. I don't think any marketing team ever took a look at this. Uh, I just, I have no idea how we got here, but it is FlyQuest. One word with the Q still capitalized because esports, I guess. I, this might be the worst name of all time. Uh, and I'm joined to break down the team with the worst name of all time by my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I am so tilted by this team name, by this logo. This entire organization feels like it's the Twitter account for an airline. Um, <laughs> and I refuse to call them by their actual name. They're now hereby dubbed High in the Boys. Because is- I refuse to be part of this farce. This is absolutely terrible. This is a terrible brand, terrible name. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the the co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks could afford better. Whoever sold him on this idea um, doesn't deserve to have their job anymore, and that's putting it politely. Yeah, be it's, very honest. It's honestly, it's something that I I don't know how it happened. I just. I am going to call them the artist formerly known as Cloud9 Challenger. That's that's the one I'm going with because, again, outside of a great fly high pun, there's really nothing that is is That's going to be this. overused a million times. Oh, yeah. Can, can FlyQuest fly high over the competition? <laughs> We're, yeah. Well, you know, at least the team... There's some interesting things to talk about with them. They got first place in the North American Challenger Series last split. They are the one team that made it in from the North American Challenger scene into the LCS, uh, kicking NRG out along the way. They did 3-0 Energy uh, in the one series they played in their promotion ser- uh, you know, series, so that's obviously quite nice. And they did keep most of their roster. Balls is their top laner. High, who I guess... I have no idea what happened to the vested interest that he had in Cloud9, but he's on FlyQuest still playing, so I'm sure that that was handled with the 
uh, responsibility and care that we've seen Riot Games handle all of these kinds of situations with. We've got Alltech as the AD carry, a player that Walter and I have argued about somewhere between one and 15,000 times. We've got Lemonation as the support, Think Card as the head coach, and the only change was Moon in the jungle. Moon last sighted on NRG in the uh, regular season in, in the LCS. Uh, he was last sighted on Team Liquid Academy in the Challenger Series. So, Walter, first impression when you look at uh, the team that shall not be named. So, so just for the people at home, it is, uh, it is January 9th. It's approximately 5.15 in the evening. And hi, this is after the official announcement from, from Edens, the co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, officially announcing this team and this organization. This is after the team has been confirmed in the contract database. Um, yeah, High still has Cloud9 branding and is still promoting himself as the chief gaming officer of Cloud9. So just, just want to keep that out there. Uh, yeah, but when I look at this roster, um, I mean, okay. Yeah, it's it's a roster. It's not as bad as some other rosters. Um it has some players that are decent. They're okay. They're Mendoza line players, I think, for the, for the LCS. Um, there's just nothing that, that that necessarily excites me. It, it's just it's a roster. Like this is an okay LCS roster, and and that pretty much sums up my feelings about this entire affair. It's it's okay. Well then, everything that's about is, it. Yeah. Everything is fine, and we mean that in the negative sense rather than the positive one that people usually yeah. mean. Yeah. I, it's it's fine. Um, I, you know, you're looking at how they performed in the Challenger series, and you can point to a whole bunch of moments of synergy that you know you can say that well, a lot of these players have played together for years. You know, balls high and on Lemon Nation, clearly guys that have a lot of experience playing together. It's like uh, Neapolitan ice cream. They're just they've been together for a while. They have, and whether that's good or not, I still am not 100% positive. Uh, it, it does seem like a lot of these guys have been alarmed long enough, and there's a reason that they weren't on the Cloud9 main roster in the first place. But, you know, I think that when you look at the, the history of this team and, and how they've been made and the players that did all decide to stay with this new brand despite how loyal they've been to Cloud9 for forever, what gets you excited about this roster, Walter? So I'm excited watching this roster because I think this is the last ride. I, I think this is the one last ride for um, for a couple of these players. I think Lemonation and, and High um, mechanically are not necessarily up to snuff with the rest of uh, their competitors. I think High comes in as the ninth or tenth best mid laner in, in North America. And everyone's going to go, but High is a great shot caller, but High has played multiple positions in his career. We'll get to all that that stuff later. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about that that shot calling a little bit because everyone's just going to talk about that. That's all I can hear on Twitter is his amazing shot calling about how this team is going to be a playoff team. Um, but for Lemonation and High, I think this truly is their last ride. Um, I think for Balls... This is probably his last ride. If there was a guy that really needed like a change of scenery and kind of break out of the the mold that he's been put in, get away from those Diamond 2 memes and all that jazz, I think he really needed to try and separate himself from these other guys and not just turn into, you know, Looper light in terms of he needs to have high like Looper needs to have da- uh, Mata. Um, and then you look at Moon and Alltech, and I think these are young players that still have upside. But, again... They've proven on other teams not to be 
necessarily worthy of staying on those teams, that they needed to be replaced, that you needed to move on from them. And this is a good chance for them to prove that that's not the case, that they can be exceptional players, that they can reach the potential that was uh, set out for them not too long ago. But if they don't, you're starting to fall into pole belter territory of when, when, when are they ever going to reach that potential? And I think Alltech is a, a primary case of, of pole belter potential of it's gonna, it might be a while before he finally breaks the shackles of kind of being a choker and not being, you know, having these moments of brilliance, but the rest of the time kind of being dull and, and uninspiring. Um, so last ride, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where this, what direction this team takes this organization. Um, I think purely based off of the marketing aspect and the name and the logo that this team does not deserve to be in the LCS, but the players, I think, I think they can prove that they belong there. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly the case. And, you know, one of the things that I'm sure, you know, we're going to see going forward, at some point they're going to realize how dumb FlyQuest is at a name, and you got to hope that they're going to change it. And so you, when you look at the actual players that you want to get excited about, I, you know, this last ride is, is an idea that mentally people kind of forget about, but is is quite important, which is... When players realize that their career is coming to an end, this is their last real chance to make a name for themselves, to prove that they are more than whatever the, the base legacy that's kind of been built around them narrative-wise uh, has told people. And that is both a positive and a negative. It's a positive because it allows them, you know, that could be fuel for the fire, just this, you know, this is our chance to prove that we're, you know, we're great players outside of the Cloud9 infrastructure. This is our chance to prove that despite, you know, how many years we've been at this, we've still got it in us. Uh, this is a chance for Moon and Alltech to prove that despite whatever misconceptions that have defined their career at this point, or not misconceptions, but just things that have really defined their storylines, this is their chance to rewrite their story. And that can all be fuel to the fire or it can be the kindling to a destructive flame. It can be the thing that puts a lot of pressure on a team that has two younger guys, or guys that at the very least need to get their you know, heads back on straight, and Moon and Alltech. And I, I don't know if the talent level, this mechanic prowess, is enough that they're going to put themselves in a position where they can start building good win streaks. They can start regaining confidence. They can believe in this long-term plan. And, and if it turns wrong, then the last ride feels like more of a death sentence. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond to it. But that's not the thing that makes you nervous, Walter. There's uh, another factor, I think, that that is more clearly visible when you look at the roster on paper that is scary. And, and what is that that sticks out in your mind? I, I truly wonder with this team if the synergy that they have, this, this, they've been together for a while. High, Balls, and Lemonation have been together for quite some time. Um, despite the fact that High and Lemonation have both retired at times, now they, they're back together. And Lemonation was a coach for a while, and then High retired, and then he came back as jungler. And, and, and all these things. They've been together for a while. Mm -hmm. and, but the problem is is that they were never truly talented. 
they were never mechanically amazing. Balls is probably the exception. He was arguably the best top laner in North America, but it was on very specific champions. He didn't have a wide repertoire of champions that he was amazing on. It was mostly his Rumble was his primary champion, and because you were so afraid of other things on the team that he usually got it. Um, amazing. Like, S-plus tier champions. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um... And that's the problem, is when I look at all the other talent that is coming to North America, I said it earlier, High might be the ninth best mid laner coming in. Can he at all reach into the top five? Can he get to a guy where he's like kind of level with, with someone like Akeem? Can he get up to where Froggen is? Anything like that. He hasn't proven in his career that he can. Lemon Nation has never proven in his career that he is this exceptional uh, mechanical player. He's never been amazing at something like Thresh. Sure, can he hit an Alistar Pulverize combo? Of course he can. Was he sort of the advent of Zyra's support uh, in Season 3? And, and can he probably still play that champion? Of course he can. He can hit his skill shots. That's not the argument here. But he's never been this exceptional mechanical player where in laning phase they beat their opponents through mechanical outplays. It's usually uh, mental plays. It's usually mind games. It's usually setting something else up for later in the laning phase. It's about learning their tendencies. And I'm just not sure at where the talent level is in the rest of North America, if that's going to be enough for this team to survive. Everyone else that's in North America got better. It's not like there's an energy where everyone was on the downswing mm-hmm. that, that you know, Cloud and I, that high in the boys, and I'm going to call them, I'm not going to call them LyQuest. <laughs> um, but I just don't know if there's a team that they truly can come in and totally exploit in that regard. When I look at all these other matchups, like maybe one or two on paper sort of tilts in their favor, but then the other ones tilt so far away from them. It's I'm trying to imagine Balls playing against Someday. I'm trying to imagine High playing against Bjergsen. It just it never went really well. And the way that the old Cloud9 roster used to beat a team like TSM, used to beat a team that was truly more talented than them, was through this synergy, was through game plan, was through all this strategic type stuff. And I'm not quite sure that's enough anymore. I think that when you have talent and the game plan and synergy, the team that has the talent and the game plan and synergy is going to beat the team that has lesser talent and only the game plan and synergy. Yeah, I think that this is one of those things that we've pointed to in the past, but it really needs to be re-accentuated now that we see players that are obviously fan favorites, have been historically very successful, but... Every single one of those, you know, when you look at Balls High and Lemonation, all of them have had to take breaks from their professional career, and it's not because, you know, it wasn't all by choice. You know, there were times in which Cloud9 systematically made improvements because what made those guys work was the system that they created. This is what made Lemonation a great coaching candidate. This is why High was brought in at multiple different positions because of his shot-calling aspect, not his mechanic prowess. They are intelligent players. They are players that understand how to make, you know, good rotations. They understand that that Cloud9 game that we always talk about. You want one tower, we take two. You get a dragon, we get a baron. That's how they've always played the game mentally. But guess what? We're now, you know, year seven of the LCS. We have much better infrastructure around the vast majority of these teams. So many more angel investors coming in and giving people an identity, giving people enough, you know, coaches and analysts and all of these different factors that can all give this advanced information as to how to prepare for these teams week after week. What they used to, you know, what Balls High and Lemonation had to define their careers 
is now something that is a day-to-day -day occurrence within the LCS. And teams that fail to meet those standards are the teams that fall apart. That's not the, you know, the whole way that you win nowadays. It's the barrier to entry. And Cloud9 has executed this formula well without any of these pieces. And, you know, it's, I don't think that they're doing anything particularly unique or difficult to decipher. And then you add on top of it that the other two pieces are Moon and Alltech, two guys that are notorious for choking in high-pressure situations. That's not great, especially because uh, Quest Airlines seems like a place that would uh, involve a lot of high-pressure situations as you continually rise through the atmosphere. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like a concern to me. I'm, I'm with you on that wholeheartedly. But, you know, there is a factor that can determine this season, Walter. It's a storyline that you have expressed resentment towards many times on this show. I hate but it. But it cannot be true. avoided. Let's talk about the high effect. I, I'm dubbing it the legend of High Lamb. That is what I would call the movie. It'd be, you know, you'd have the, the old school spaghetti western music started. I think this would be, uh, maybe, maybe Guillermo del Toro. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. That's who I'm thinking of. Quentin yeah. Tarantino. I think the sweeping shot on, you know, 8mm camera film, sweeping shots as they come in. They're coming in across, you know, uh, Santa Barbara, Santa Monica, coming in across L.A., coning in on the studio, sweeping shot past the studio, sweeping in on the old Cloud Nine house, and then finally settling at the front door of High's new gaming house. And... Zooms in on the on the doorknob and it opens, and out steps Haidu Lam in his brand new uniform. And then the legend of Haidu Lam comes on screen, and the music raises, and that's the entire thing. That's what this split is going to be about. Every time Hai has has appeared, has come out, he came and he played jungle for the for the Cloud Nine and, and, and fixed everything, and they they surged and they they did well and they succeeded. It was great. And then they moved on and they tried the rush experiment and, you know, they moved on. Cloud9 kept doing that. And then he took the mantle of, we're going to do this challenger team. We're going to get this challenger team into the challenger series. Then we're going to grow some, some North American talent. And then they didn't do that. It was all a ploy. It was all a joke. They didn't actually want to do that. But he pushed this team and, and they succeeded. They were the best team in the challenger series. They took the number one spot. They got into the LCS. They made Jack a whole lot of money. That greedy, greedy person. And now we're at this point where we look at High and we have to accept the fact that he has taken what one of my favorite historical players did in Reginald. Reginald was famous for just suicide diving as Karthus and Kennen. And, he, and High took that, and that's primarily what they used in Challenger. People were scared of his Kennen because that is the equivocal champion to High. I am our engager. I am the guy you follow. Follow me into battle. Do what I tell you to do. I'm going to micromanage this. I'm going to shot call everything. This is my team. This is how I want the game to play. And all the players that surrounded him accept that. And they go, he's our captain. He's the guy in charge. We're going to do that. And I think that'll be beneficial to some of the younger players. I think it was beneficial to contracts to the point that I'm worried about how contracts is going to fit into the new Cloud9 team. And everyone lambasted me for that. I Fine, whatever. I think that this is the chance for Hyde to really cement that legacy. This would be the third time. 
Third time's the charm. If you can really nail it here and he somehow wills this team and directs this team and micromanages this team into success, as much as I hate it, as much as it is repeated, as much as Kirk's trackball, you have to accept it. You have to accept it as fact. And he will become the, he's the general. He is repla- he's the Dade of North America. He is the perfection of the, the strategy that Reginald created in season two and brought into season three and that he, his career died with. Mm-hmm. If Hai can do this, then he solidifies his legacy. He solidifies the fact that he is one of the greatest North American players, period. Not talent-wise, but just in general. And if he doesn't, then we go, well, maybe it was the players around him, and maybe the players around him now this time just aren't good enough. Maybe it really was sneaky and medios that they, they added that extra bit. It just aren't the right pieces. We're going to start having these types of questions. And at the end of the season, that's where it's going to be, either – all these players look great, and we're gonna we're gonna sum it up of well, High is this great shot caller. He got everybody going in that direction, and that's why this team is successful. Or, well, the players, I, I guess it just didn't quite fit. High wasn't quite good enough to pull these guys around, and I'm not quite sure necessarily where I land on that. But I I truly think that at the end of the day, that's the storyline. That's the defining fact and feature of the this this High and the Boys team. That's going to be it. That that's it. That's the end all. I you know I I, th- I think there's a midway point between the the two kind of standards you've set. Uh, you know whatever happens to high this split, his legacy is cemented. I mean, no one did. You know, no one could imagine going twenty five and three in your first split coming out of the Challenger series. No one could have imagined the dominance that Cloud Nine would have for the next couple of years afterwards. No one would imagine just the sheer, you know, the the influence that he had to the extent that Cloud9 desperately needed him to bail them out on multiple occasions, mind you, despite wrist injuries and, and everything else, the guy, it, it, it's, there's no doubt. There will be no doubt, regardless of how FlyQuest does, that he is an amazing player and that his, you know, he will be remembered as the mastermind of early League of Legends. My question is whether the story has already hit what is essentially the final chapter because I mean he's been doing this since the summer of season three that is four years we're going into now of LCS talent of people watching him and playing against him and learning from him and taking those lessons to kind of uh, you know add to their own game knowledge like there's nothing about this team that's going to catch people off guard anymore this is just a new era of the LCS, and to me, my prediction for this team, I think that they're going to be a, a very struggling team. I think they could potentially be the worst team in North America. I think that there's enough, you know, just synergy on the roster I, that they will not be the worst. I don't think, I think I can will this team to ninth place, but I think they're relegation bound, especially because I have no faith in Alltech or Moon on the big stage. Again, maybe high helps with that. That is a very fair point. But I got burned by Alltech one too many times. I even I even rooted for Winter Fox despite Brian Cordry for you, Alltech. That's how much you broke my heart. Oy. I'm not letting it happen again. My walls are up. But you know, there are a lot of people with a lot of different opinions about FlyQuest. Where do you end up on it, Walter? I I agree. I think they're going to struggle. I think that the talent 
I think that's the problem. I think that early on this team may be surprising. Um, they'll probably fit that sort of envious mold where we'll see them have a good run at the beginning of the split. But as other teams catch up, as other teams get used to the, the imported players that they have, they'll probably be ahead of Dignitas and Immortals for, for a couple weeks. But as those teams really mesh and, and, and get a hold of themselves, and we don't know where the meta will end up six weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. We don't know whether it's going to shift to something that's totally assassin-based, maybe, which would feel more more helpful for High. He's a decent Zed player. He's a decent LeBlanc player. Um you know, or if it's going to go to something where it really minimizes his ability to impact the rest of the map. It could switch back to something like Karma, for all we know. It could be you play mid laners like Varus and, and Kog'Maw and things like that, and there's not a whole lot you can do to roam and influence the map that way. Um, I, I agree. I think they're going to be fighting to stay out of relegation. I don't think this is necessarily the worst team, but I would put them in that bottom three right now with, with those three teams, with Envious and, and with another team that we'll talk about later in the week. Um but there is a chance they make the playoffs. Like, there's a high variance for this team if other teams aren't successful. But I think the likely outcome is, is we're looking at probably a bottom three team and, and struggling to stay in the LCS. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. I know that there are going to be some people who, you know, love what they saw from Cloud9 Challengers. They are by far one of the more dominant performances that we've seen heading into the LCS, you know, going 8-2 and in Challenger and then 3-0-ing the only opponent that stood in your way certainly was more impressive than a Misfits performance that, you know, we, you know, for a team that we're much higher on when it comes to Europe. So I don't know if that says more about the number of imports that have come in or, you know, how much we just have to have these question marks around Moon and Alltech, both of whom I hope proved me wrong. I'm curious to see what you all think in the comments. This has probably been the most divisive team I've seen amongst analysts when people talk to each other as far as people really loving the team or people really hating the team. I want to hear from you guys, whatever side you're on, you know, post in the comments down here or, you know, keep the conversation going on Twitter. I'm at RedShirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Yes, it is an absolutely terrible name and logo. It is awful. (laughs) Awful. Yeah, we're going to move on to a team that, uh, if nothing else, I think it's safe to say that they've they've branded themselves into a a wonderful fan base that we have had so many positive interactions with. And I just let's let's get the positivity train back on track as we uh, examine the logic behind a team that has been a, you know, at the forefront of North America for a while now. So until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.